Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Which goalkeeper saved a penalty with her first touch in professional football? The number one podcast. Hello and welcome back to the number one podcast, your favourite nerdy goalkeeping football podcast. I am Lloyd Griffith and with me is my bearded co-host. He hails from the northeast. He's an absolute beast. It's David Priest. That's a lovely introduction, that. Do you like that? Yeah, I really like that. I thought of that earlier in pret and I had my second coffee of the day. Well, look at you. I know. Wired, gurning. Get the Bongella out. Uh, how are you, mate? I'm very well, yeah. Very yeah. well. Uh, we, we're back in the studio. Probably. Yeah, it's uh, it's not as it's not as nice as my uh, as my kitchen. And it's definitely not as nice as my hotel. Yeah. And and when we're here, I can't just sit in my underpants either, which but weirdly, I did last week. But weirdly, I am. Um, so enjoy that. That's only because we've got guests, that's why. We, ha- we yeah. have got guests, we'll crack onto that uh, in a second. Later on, we'll be answering that question, who is the first goalkeeper to save a penalty with his pr- first professional touch, or however I worded it earlier. Is that it? Yeah, first touch in professional football, saved a penalty. Who saved a penalty with their first touch in professional football? I mean, that is a great stat. It is, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great sort of honour to, to, to have that late, isn't it? I'm looking forward to hearing the answer. Yeah. Because it's your question. It is my question this week, yeah. Uh, again, uh, huge thanks for listening. Um, it's, again, we keep, keep saying every week, overwhelmed by the support. And uh, for the amazing reviews, um, we're, we're on... We're on a lot of nice reviews. A few bellends giving us one star. Is there? Yeah. Oh, five absolute bellends, nuggets. Yeah. I can't, so the other day, we've been on five stars, and the other day it's like four and a half. I like, what is going on here? And it's clearly someone that hates me or you who's just doing it. I don't know. There's probably, probably someone who hates you, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be like, you know, football fans that have played, you know, you've played against and you've saved a shot. No, it's if more, you can than, remember that more than likely you'd be fans of clubs I've played for. Yeah. <laughs> it could be abuse, to be honest with you. <laughs> Well, either way, I mean, we've got 78 five-star reviews, four four-stars, and then just five one-star reviews. I mean, they're not leaving a review either. They're just doing it cowardly. I, I, Absolute it, cowards. To be fair, I'd like if they, if they give us an excuse why or give us a reason why, and then we can do something about Write it. Write it sure. down. Yeah. He's too fat. He's shit at goalkeeping. Right. And stuff about you. <laughs> Um, so but honestly thank you very much for the continued uh, reviews if you can give us a review uh, we'll be giving you a free 
book of Glove Story. It's our uh, favourite book about um, goalies. Um, I think it's the only book about um, uh, goalies. So all you need to do is leave a nice four and five star review. You do have to write something on there. We'll be giving uh, away a book later on in the episode. Uh, but before that, we have to get on with the show and we have to introduce our guest for today. He's currently goalkeeping coach at Gillingham and owner of goalkeeping glove brand Pro GK. It's Glenn Johnson. Hello. How are you? Very well. I'm loving this... Uh... <laughs> it's cosy, isn't this? Yeah. It is a little bit cosy. The, the chemistry between you two is uh, it's, um, it's very nice. It's it's rehearsed. Yep, no, it's, <laughs> it's a rehearsed chemistry. Um, you know, as a Lincoln City ex goalkeeper, yeah. I can't stand the prick, but yeah, sure. we uh, we do it for professional reasons. We do it for the dollar, don't we? Do you know what I mean? We, well, we will do once <laughs> we start earning some. <laughs> yeah, if you're big, get in touch. We still want you to support. Have you got a pen today? I've just got my my big pen. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I've forgotten the old one. I've got a just little Q Connect. It's quite nice. That's fine. nice. Well, I like the ones with the rubber uh, rubber grip. Grip, yeah. yeah that's what she grip. said. Um, so, Glenn. Yes. Thank you very much for coming on. <clears throat> You're welcome. Uh, currently goalkeeping coach at Gillingham. Yep. Enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah. It's been brilliant. You've been there nearly a year, is that yes. right? Yeah. yeah. How did you get that job? Um, good question. <laughs> I uh, got a phone call from Peter Taylor, the former England manager. Yeah. Just a little yeah. drop there. Um, yeah. So Pete got in touch. Over the summer, towards the end of the summer, yeah, kind of uh, late on, to be honest. Um, but and where were you at the time? I was at Bournemouth in the National League. Um, had a good good year at Bournemouth, um, but you know, to to get an opportunity to go into League One uh, was probably too good to to turn down. So for the people that might not know who you are, yep. um, outside of like League One, the, and, and the other Glenn Johnson, the other, you're the not poor men's equivalent. You're, you're not the other Glenn Johnson. <laughs> um, how did you get into goalkeeping? Because you you played at a young level, didn't you? Yes. So um, as as a kid, I was at Canvey Island. Yeah. Uh, so they were National League at the time. Really. Um, and then yeah, so I left school, signed there. I was there three years. Uh, it, it didn't really work out. Unfortunately, because um, it's a nice story. Who was the coach there at the, the time? The goalkeeping coach was Neville Southall. I mean, that's not bad, is it? The former Everton and Wales legend. That must have been just having Neville Southall knocking about the place. It must have yeah, been. Yeah, it fun. was. It was interesting. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, I probably, I, I, you know, I didn't fulfil my potential. Right. It was a. It was difficult. I was a young lad. I was sixteen, going into a first team dressing room. Lots of experienced ex pros in there. Um, I made my debut. I think I was fifteen. Right. So um, for the first team. For the first team, I had Julian Dix at left back. Wow. You know. So I, I remember after the game, I walked into the dressing room, and Julian's sitting there on the floor. Um, he's got his uh, knees strapped up to some sort of machine, putting electric shocks <laughs> in there. It still that, makes me laugh. That's just now. for enjoyment. That long. yeah. yeah. Uh, it, what was that for? Well, I think his knees had probably gone. Up. Yeah. So I think he, you know, <laughs> he needed them to get him home. Um, but yeah, so it was an interesting time. And so you left uh, Canby at the age of. I was nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, okay. Left. And where did you go from there? I just kind of floated around non-league, to be honest. Did you? Um, yeah, a few different clubs. I think I was at Malden. I went to Whitham Town. All, all kind of in the Essex area. Of course. Um, and to be honest, it got to the point where I wasn't enjoying playing. I think I'd actually gone backwards as opposed to progressing. And I, and I think I was a little bit bitter about things, to be honest. Right. Because, you know, in, in your head, you're at a club and it's progressing nicely. You know, you've signed three years or whatever it was and it just didn't work out. So How long was your... Uh, was Neville your coach? Um, I think he was f- for the full three years. Was from, he? From memory, yeah. I think so. 
it's, it's probably about 17 years ago now, so it's, it's difficult to remember exactly. And obviously, I presume this was once he'd had his days in the sun, he was just coaching. Yeah, I think he'd been manager at Dover um, and right. a couple of other clubs. Um, and then he, he must have got the, the call from Jeff King and come up. I think there was a few few pound notes at the football club at the time so you know it sounds like a, yeah. a bit like Bill Ricky, you know yeah. all star studded team yeah it, it was probably along those lines um, but you know it was a, a great kind of um, upbringing for me at that at that point you know because you know, you're 15, 16 and you're around a lot of ex-pros Steve Tilson Neil Gregory Mickey Bennett so they'd all played at a good level for Decent clubs, and you're there coming in at 15 years old. Yeah, 15, being coached yeah. by a, a keeper who was the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, in his yeah. time. So, yeah. so you know, really, it's, it, you couldn't have really asked for much more as a young lad. I was, think. was he a tough tax, uh, taskmaster? Yeah, he was quite. He was quite um, strict on us, um, but it was a it was a good kind of sounding. Uh, sorry. Uh, good situation to be in, yeah. you know, as, as a young lad, you know, to kind of learn from him, and because ultimately, he was the best goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, in the world. yeah. I mean, so. I, I, mean I, I mean, I don't know Neville, but we, we've sort of like uh, we, we exchanged a few messages on Twitter and things like that, and he kind of, um, you know, when I've put some of my uh, analysis up on on Twitter and that, and he's, you, you get the impression that you can tell why he was as good as he what he was because he had his standards were so high. Mm. He just mm. he uh, you know maybe it's where I've give goalkeepers a little bit more of a, a longer lead and sort of give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit. He's sort of like he's a, well, it's it's not good enough. You're going to be at this yeah. level, and and I mean to a certain extent he's he is right because he's yeah, well because he's Neville Southall for one reason, but two yeah that's that's the levels you've got to keep. It's almost perfection what you're looking for. Was it weird working with someone that was an idol growing up? Well, let, well let's go back. Was he an idol growing up, Neville Southall? Um, not necessarily to me. Right. To be fair, I I supported Southend. And I, well, I still, I still do, yeah. which is a, a little bit touchy when they're in the, the same league as Gillingham. But um, my my old idols in, in goalkeeping were Paul Sanson, Simon Royce. Um, to me, the, the best goalkeeper Southend have ever had. So, so you weren't as starstruck as someone else. I mean, I think you know when he come in, you think, "Crikey, this guy used to play for Everton. He's been in FA Cup finals. You know, he's been there. He's done it. He's you know been capped for Wales." How many times? I don't know. It's like ninety odd times or whatever it was, and so you kind of you you kind of think okay, but it's like anything else. It's just another human being, so mm. yeah. you know you just go with it. Simon Royce was a good goalkeeper, wasn't he? That's brilliant. He went on Charlton. There was a Charlton afterwards, yeah. yeah. Charlton, I think uh, Leicester, yeah, a few other different clubs. So yeah, it was brilliant. When uh, you decided to call it a day on yep. goalkeeping, what happened then? Well, it's a, a bit of a strange situation. I actually built a window cleaning company <laughs> so uh, I did that for a little while Yeah. Um, and then I launched a glove brand you launched a glove brand? yeah so that's where Pro and, GK was born and that was the first name of it Pro GK? yep yep in 2007 why Pro GK? Um, professional goalkeeper something you know it oh, just yeah, yeah. seemed to kind of fit at the time there's lots and lots of glove brands out there yeah. now with the word X goalkeeper yeah. or goalkeeper X. Yeah. So I think we were the, the first along those lines. So why did you want to do that? Um, I think at the time, I just was looking at the price of gloves. And it's a bit of a cliche because a lot of these glove brands, 
they will say, oh, affordable gloves at affordable prices, you know, good quality. And that's fair enough. But at the time, like, gloves were like £50. Yeah. And I remember I wore a pair of gloves, and I won't mention the brand, but they ripped after one wear. And really? I thought, I've just paid £55 for these. And I just, so I kind of, I did my research, and this was in the days when the factories weren't contacting everybody that's yeah. got the word goalkeeper in their name. Like, I actually had to do the groundwork and find out where the factories were. Yeah. Um, and the first ever order I put in, my dad paid for it on his uh, credit card. <laughs> and um, when they finally arrived, they didn't have any sizes in them. <laughs> so you just had to test them yourself? I just, I didn't know what sizes they were. Oh, so wow. it, was just, it was a little bit... So we, we quickly moved away from that factory, found another <laughs> factory, um, and I've been with them ever since. It's been brilliant. So we'll get onto the gloves later on. Yes. I just wanted to talk to you how you got into coaching. Yep, so just with that, um, I started a goalkeeping academy, Yeah. Um, which at the time was the Pro GK Goalkeeping Academy. Um, and it kind of just grew from there. I kind of thought, and that started in the Essex area. Yeah, that was that was based in Southend. And who was it aimed at? Um, it was just young goalkeepers, really. Um, kind of grassroots goalkeepers, anyone with an interest in goalkeeping. Um, and and it was fairly successful at the time. At the time, we had David Stockdale wearing the gloves, oh, yeah. who was at Fulham, so he was our our main man. Great. Um, Stocky got into the England squad and things changed a little bit because obviously <laughs> the big brands, they see that and you can't keep hold of them. And I think at the time it was Umbro. So he went with my oh, best wishes. Don't use that phrase again, can't keep hold of them. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. I should, should have known that. J just, you know, because yeah. it... The gloves can keep hold of everything. The gloves can there keep hold go. of everything. I dug myself yeah. out of that hole. Um, so yeah, so that kind of then strange situation a friend of mine a guy called Brian Rowland yep. who is the head coach at Temple University in Philadelphia um, he was playing for Crystal Palace Baltimore right so it was the sister team of Palace in London um, and I went over there for a few weeks to do a goalkeeper camp with him and as I was there the equipment manager quit so I was there I said listen I'll, I'll do the kit for you um, kind of got on with the people there and before I knew it they offered me the equipment manager slash goalkeeper coaches role so great how I got the job is anyone's but guess for someone that obviously likes football equipment who yeah. started his own glove company <laughs> yeah. it's a dream job I, isn't well it? I'm a bit OCD when it comes to kit even now oh, really yeah, yeah so I give our kit man a bit of a tough time on oh, things um, so everything has to be spot on so, um, but yeah, so that was that. And I um, moved out to America uh, at the start of 2010. It was a fantastic experience traveling all over the US and, you know, traveling with a team. And I was coaching uh, a guy called Evan Bush, who's now the Montreal Impact goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, he's a fantastic goalkeeper and a great lad. Um, so that was my, my first experience in professional soccer. <laughs> Dare I say that <laughs> word. Um, and it's kind of, it was the, the starting point, really. And then from there, you've, you've kind of been all over. Obviously, you're at Gillingham yeah. now. We'll get on to where you've been uh, previously, but yeah. you, you've been to uh, Pune? Pune? Well, Pune. Pune. yeah, good, good. I still can't. I don't know what it's called. Pune? Pune? Pune. I mean, it's uh, close to the bone, isn't it? Well, <laughs> part of the pond. <laughs> yeah. well, it depends, depends on the time of the day it is. Depends how many drinks you've had. Yeah. <laughs> so it's called Pune. Only a few. Pune, Pune FC Pune in FC. India. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, now they've folded. Right, okay. Um, was so they in the I-League? They were in yeah, the I-League, yeah. yeah. So I um, I got contacted by a, an agent that I know, and he just said, look, this opportunity's come up. Would you be interested to go? Um, I said, yep. Yeah. 
so I had the interview with the head coach over Skype. Right. Um, and so the, the head coach was a guy called Mike Snowy, who is the head coach at Telstar at the moment in Holland. And he'd previously been with Pan- Panathinaikos. Yeah. He was the assistant coach there. So unbelievable pedigree. So it's one of these you're looking again and you're thinking, that's the type of guy that I want to work with and learn from. Um, so yeah, interviewed for the job over Skype. Next day, got offered the job. Um, was told to be at the embassy three days later to get my visa <laughs> sorted out, and I was away within a week. What was it like out there? Different? It was very, very different. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a bit of a culture shock, especially yeah. when I landed in Mumbai, and you get out of the airport, and there's a car waiting for you, and it was like absolute chaos. And I've, I'll be honest, I'm thinking, what have I done? And what have I got myself <laughs> into? But, uh, see, I'm, I'm always... I. I like a bit of adventure, and I, yeah. I, I honestly believe you only live once. So but you, you've got to do it. you decided to go to Scandinavia. Yeah, well, it's exactly the same. It does my both when I went to Denmark and uh, to Iceland. That's exactly my thoughts. As soon as I got there, I think, what, what am I doing here? And, and and there's nothing to be disrespectful about, but it's just like no. when, when I first, you know, get, I got off the plane, uh, a friend picked us up from the uh, from the airport, and you're driving across. You know, I thought it was about an hour to to where I was supposed to be going. And literally, there was nothing because <laughs> it, um, sort of mainland Denmark is very rural, so and it's flat, so you, you can't. There's nothing to look at, you know. What I mean, it's, it's just fields, and yeah, I just didn't know where I was going to, like, you know. But, but you do these things to to not just test you, but to challenge you, don't you? Because it certainly was the better the, the bigger the CV, the the better you are. I well, mean, like, not always. No, the well, case. like yeah, like Glenn says, well, it's, and it's taking you, it's it's adventure. And it's a, it's experience. You become a better person because that like, you grow as a person, and it's it, it is just great experience. You came back to England. Yeah, come back. I mean, as I just said, there touched on it. It's a fantastic experience. We was Asian Champions League and um, the equivalent of the Europa League. So we travelled all around Asia. Went to Hong Kong, um, Singapore, Burma. Come back, um, and to be honest, I couldn't get a job. No, so I. Uh, Is this when you got to come back to England? Yeah, when I come back, it was kind of middle part of the season, um, and that that is always the difficult part when you've been abroad because you're kind of out of people's minds. Because it is, it, I presume it's a little bit like that when with other industries. But if you leave something, it's quite hard to get back into mm-hmm. it. Like I know a lot of comedians who have yeah. left comedy come back into comedy. It's like, yeah, but we don't. You've been away, mate. Like. Mm-hmm. Things move the circuit's on. been going. Yeah, but it, it, but it should go the other way as well because you think, well, he, he he's gone away and, he, and he's he better himself. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, and, and he, yeah, but it is. It, yeah. Of course it is. And it should be something that you've got over other people because you've got that experience, that different experience. You've got another uh, different point of view, and, you, and it, sh- it should be worth more than just somebody who's been doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I think what it does, it, it shows that you're you're interested to improve yourself. And that you're willing to do what you need to do. Like, I wasn't going to get a full-time job at that point in England. So I decided that if I'm not going to get a full-time job here and, and keep learning and keep progressing, then I'll do, I'll, you know, I'll do what I need yeah. to do and I'll go where I need to go. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I come back and um, I saw that the uh, Cowleys had got the job at Braintree. Yeah. So I rang Danny. Do you know Danny? No, I didn't know. <laughs> so I, just, I rang him up, introduced myself. Um, and uh, interviewed for the job and got the job. But if there's someone that will be open to that kind of definitely exploration, it yeah. is you know the, the Cowley brothers. Yeah. I mean they're they're 
of a new breed of manager, I think, that are quite scholastic, scholastic, in that they're all about you better in yourself. 100%. I mean, yeah, that, that, that year I spent with them at Braintree was, again, a, another fantastic experience because ultimately in that league we probably had the, the smallest budget. Um, probably, and, and I mean this respectfully, to yeah. the club, they're probably the smallest club or were the smallest club in that league at the time. Yeah. Um, not particularly good facilities for that, especially no. for that level. Um, some really great people there, um, but we had a we had a playing staff, and again, you know, I love all the boys that were there. But if you had to match them up against other squads, you'd probably go with mm. the other squads. But what the, what the Cowleys did, they installed a culture within the group. And, and that's kind of stuck with me since. And that is not the first time I've heard that. We had uh, Paul Farman yep, on, Farms. and he kind of said the same thing. There's mm. this culture at, at Lincoln, which has made him into a, a group of winners. Well, Farms tweeted something the other day, it made me laugh, and he tweeted, refuse to lose. And that's obviously, I know that's yeah. 100% that's come from Danny and Nicky, because that is their mindset. They they use words like relentless, you know, yeah. and, and it is. It's not, I mean, they scored a 50, uh, 95th minute winner. The, uh, on was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. Colchester. Yeah, Colchester. And um, it's no surprise that they, they they win so many games late on. Last year it was ridiculous. They'd be, win, be losing 1-0. I think they were losing 1-0 away to Gateshead and turn it round in the last five minutes they'd win 2-1. And it's, it, like I said, it's, it's no coincidence because they do it over and over and mm. it's it's the way they manage games. And they won the, uh, they won the Cup last week against Shrewsbury. They did, yeah. Against, not all odds. It's a two-horse race, isn't it? But they, no, uh, but they, they they made a very good Shrewsbury <coughs> side look, you know, as if the roles were reversed and that they were the Absolutely. top of the league one. I mean, they shouldn't have had 10 players on the pitch after that goalkeeping incident against Dean Henderson. But No, no that's right. Uh, yeah, really. But that's what Matt Reid does. Yeah, I don't mean GBH. I mean, no, no, but, well. I mean, he's, he's difficult to play against and that's his, that's his strength. Yeah. And... Strength is also his strength as well. <laughs> strength yeah. is also strength. You were at Bournemouth. Uh, yeah. You said one of the greatest days of your career was that win against Grimsby, Plumble Park. Yeah, because, you know, again, it's it's the odds are stacked against you. You're going to a big ex-football league club. Yeah. And, you know, you've got... We literally we had 50 fans that made the trip and they were fantastic. But all the odds are against you. So to go there to beat them 1-0... I think we'd beaten them previously at the end of the season in the league um, there as well. Uh, just that season, we were beating a lot of teams. You know, we'd go there and turn them over, um, little old brain tree, and uh, and then when they come to us, it used to amuse me when they come to us because we would warm up at, at the top end. So where the opposing teams would walk in, you'd see their faces as they walked in, and you knew you were going to win. Yeah, it was as simple as that because again, the pitch at that year wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dressing rooms up. Tiny as well, they're, like covered. Very, very covered. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Um, it was a fun time. Before that, you were at Bournemouth. Yeah. So um, went to Bournemouth. Um, thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good experience. Nice little club. Do you um, keep track of uh, Premier League and scores and stuff like that? I'll be honest. I don't do too much, just mm. because. The amount of football that you watch, it can be a little bit too much. Um, you know, I see tweets from 
certain people um, giving their opinions on, on, on the Twitter, so I don't yeah. necessarily need to watch it first hand. Um, but it, it is true, I remember I was listening to a, an interview with Keith Curl, call line manager, uh, last week, and they, they were talking to, uh, I think it was on TalkSport or something like that, and they were talking to him about Premier League games, Championship games, and, and he said exactly the same thing. He's like, to be honest with you, if I'm if I'm not looking at my own team training or playing, I'm watching opposition yeah. or I'm scouting somebody, and quite often, no, they won't be uh, priority. Yeah, exactly. Or they won't be Premier League. They won't be Championship. And they start asking about under twenty three games. So, well, why do I want to watch Premier League under twenty three games? Because I don't I don't think a lot of the players at that level will be make, will will be able to make the adjustment. So it, it's yeah. it's true, like you know, you you, yeah, just, you focus on what you've. What you've got to deal with. I mean, at, at the minute, for me, watching a Premier League game is probably not worth it. Watching a Championship game, m- maybe because yeah. it's it's closer to the level. Um, so. Do you keep an eye on goalkeepers in, in your league and the, the league above? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the leagues below as well. Are you quite um, nerdy with it? You said um, you're OCD with keepers, but you're OCD with keepers. I, I am, and I'm not. Yeah, you know, because goalkeepers their form changes very very quickly. So you, you know, one minute they're they're doing all right, next minute they're not. So yeah. obviously, I know. Who the goalkeepers are and, and what generally they're all about. But even when we were having a little chat beforehand, you two talking about goalkeepers, it was like you just know everyone. It's a world, isn't it? Oh well, yeah. Mm. It, if you don't know somebody, you know somebody who knows them. Yeah, exactly. But but going back to that point about um, watching other goalkeepers, and they, it's really handy for goalkeeping coaches to to try and keep in the loop and and to watch other goalkeepers' performances because there's always something that we can see, maybe it's little weaknesses yeah. or things that can be exploited. That's you know somebody else or an outfield coach they wouldn't be able to see. So I think it's really handy if you if you. Do. Oh right, okay. So you're almost helping scouting for your yeah. So team. Th- so then you can uh, you know you might be able to see to a striker you know he'll uh, he'll guess really early so just wait for him to go down he'll give yeah. you a chance or some or talk about somebody who's she holds a really high uh, high line oh, right. uh, a high line a high pos- uh, starting position so you know you might be able to hit it over his head you might be able to tempt him out or. I mean, I've done that this year. I've given information to our fans oh, really? about the opposition goalkeeper. So you'll look at their goalkeeper and almost do a pack on. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but just going on from what you're saying there, it's also important to have your contacts in the game, other goalkeeper coaches, because there's two or three that I get on very well with. So yeah. Tony Cage, um, who's up at Livingston, John Keeley at Portsmouth, Ashley Bays at uh, Wimbledon, and you kind of if, sometimes you need a bit of a sounding board. So you you know whether it's your goalkeeper having a bad time or what do you think of this goalkeeper or what do you think about so it's always important I think that you you speak to other goalkeeper coaches as well especially the ones that you get on well with yeah um, and that you've got a friendship with because they again as you just said there they might see something that you might not have seen and vice versa mm. so it's always good to have that in in your back pocket as well. Uh, it's time for uh, our regular feature between the sticks where we look at some of the big games from the weekend. Um, you, well, did you go to any games this weekend, David? You just watched it from the comfort of your, your home. No, I was at um, where was I? At? I was at Alfreton against FC United of Manchester. Oh, really? Yeah, Alfreton won one nil. Oh, nice. Uh, the wind kept it was enough to keep them in the league. So well done, Alfreton. So just for anyone that is uh, listening for the first time or doesn't know this, you do a bit of coaching. Yeah, right? held out a little bit there. Uh, Chris Moyes is excellent, and City manager took over a little while ago. Uh, the one that slide a little bit and he's managed to hold that and, and keep him in the league. So first game we're going to look at, West Brom 2, Liverpool 2. Um, 
I mentioned the distribution from Carriage for the second goal earlier on. I'm not sure if uh, listeners have seen it, but it was just something that I picked up on. I know a lot of people have been talking about um, his goalkeeper and the actual mm. ability to shot stop and how he's reading the game, but it was from a goal kick. And I know a lot of goalkeepers at the moment, they're playing it from the back and you know playing it European style. But his distribution for that second goal, pinpoint. Yeah, and it's a part of his game that's it's excellent, to be honest, even though that... Um, even in the difficult times he was having when he first got the club, he was, you know, his distribution still is still very good, and he's he, he's quite comfortable coming outside his box and joining in the player as well. But um, he's not just the you know the confidence he's got from being number one now and, and playing every week. It's uh, it's another, uh, that part of his game as well. It's even it's come on even more, and I think he's uh, you're right. It, it's a it's a great assist for him. They were two nil up, and then uh, drew two all. Um, was he at fault for the second? No, and I think it's one of them situations where uh, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. He did get caught in between. He probably, you know, if you ask him again, he probably wouldn't have come for yeah. it because he, he 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 does well. He gets he gets caught in between. He doesn't get to the to the air, to the flight of the ball, or he doesn't stay in his line to deal with the the header. Yeah. Um, having said that, if he stays back in his line, his position, he's. Uh, you're still not. You're still not saving it. Is no, it? it's just inside the post. So I mean, what do you think? Do you take the chance that you come out there and you try and get in the eye line of the striker coming on and, and try to affect them? Maybe you just try to do that. But um, it doesn't look great. But it's one of them ways as well. What you do you think Karras will do over the summer? Because he's obviously pretty sure he's not going to make the German national squad. They've already got a set of decent keepers. Mm. What do you think he'll do? Well, probably. I mean, he'll obviously go away on holiday, but he. he He'll probably worry about who's going to come in, because yeah, it's clear that they're they're making moves to to bring another goalkeeper in. You know, Simon Mignolet's going to be outgoing, and they're going to be in a, if they do do that, as you know, and the their recruitment's good, then they're going to be in a very strong position next year in the goalkeeping department. Um, we still got Danny Ward there as well. Who? Because you 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 hear a bit of bits and bobs, don't you? What what rumours have you? Yeah, got? Well, I mean it's come back out the, the last couple of days about Jack Butland that they're, they're quite interesting. But uh, as far as I know, that they did make contact with Stoke in uh, in December, and it was um, you know just making inquiries. Um, but still, I know that uh, Roma have said that. I think that's just come out this week again because yeah. Ro- Roma have come out and said he's not going anywhere, kind of hands off type thing. Uh, but I think they'll still go all out to get him. Whether they get them is another uh, another thing. To get Alison, yeah, yeah, just to confirm. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think that's right. I think as much as I like Jack Butland as well, it's you know he, he probably hasn't returned to still hasn't returned to the form that he's shown before he got his injury. Yeah, uh, and I think he's uh, Allison is just more suited to to Liverpool style of play. Uh, next game, Man United two, Spurs one in the FA Cup. Now, before we even talk about um, the game, Vorm makes a start yep. in the semi-final. Obviously, a lot of goalkeepers nowadays are basically promised cup starts if they're not going to play uh, the league, and uh, obviously Vorm has been promised that by Pochettino. A lot of people questioning why. Lloris wasn't yeah. starting in such a big game. Obviously, Lloris has come under quite a lot of criticism over the last few weeks anyway. But Vaughan did start. Uh, and then for the first goal, his positioning looked to be somewhat off. Yeah, and, and I can understand why people are questioning why Lloris wasn't playing because obviously if he's your best, keep your player in. But like we've discussed before, if if you're bringing keepers of the quality of... Um, Vorm or uh, either Romero or no Romero didn't play because he's injured but um, 
if you're bringing the keepers that quality you've got and you're keeping them happy, you've got to give them these games. And Willie Caballero, we'll talk about with Chelsea, you know, it's the same happened with him at Manchester City. He, he, he ended up being the hero in the yeah. League Cup finals, saving penalty. So it's, I don't think it's it, it makes as much difference these days as it used to because there isn't so much between the two keepers that they uh, when they're changing them. You know, it's not like Vorm is a, a drastic step down. And in some no. departments, especially in distribution departments, I mean, I don't know if you agree, he'll, um, Vorm is far superior with the ball at his feet than uh, than 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 Hugo Lloris. So in in that respect, it's not a it's not a drop down. Just before we get on to the the, the position in the Vorm, but um. Were you surprised if you know the De Gea started and it wasn't Joel Pereira? No, and I think maybe that's uh, that's where, like I said, we'll we'll go on to what might happen in the in the uh, in in the final with uh, with Chelsea. I think it's because Romero that's that's his spot. Yeah. So if Romero is not available, then to give somebody their debut in the FA Cup semi final. Probably that's too big a step. Yeah, against a, a, a side as good as Spurs, you're asking for trouble. And if there's if there's one thing that Jose Mourinho wants to do and needs to do this season is to win a cup, and he desperately wants to win it. So there's uh, there was only one way, uh, one person who was going to play in goal Saturday. Vorm's positioning for the first goal. The ball comes in from the left hand side, and then it, almost Sanchez doesn't expect to get it because the way he lands as well, he kind of really had to stretch. And Vorm kind of positioned far too to the left. Well, I think we spoke about. Um, remember David De, De Gea's um, save against Sevilla, where when the ball comes across, it's crossed, and there comes a point quite early in the flight where he takes his eye off the ball yeah. and, and looks at the the player instead, or looks yeah. at the, the middle of the goal. In this case, Vor, I think Vorm's gone to the other extreme. He's just followed the ball the whole way, and so and. He hasn't uh, stopped his movement across the the other side of the goal. So as he as he see look at the ball, keep going, he's keep going, he's keep going. And even when he gets there, as, as it looks like Sanchez shouldn't get the ball really. Does brilliant to get the end of it, and he just keeps following it too much. And then by the time the, there's a connection with the header, he, he's fought too far over to his left. Yeah. So he he just he's just got caught ball watching and, uh, and and not concentrate on his position. So is that the key thing then? It's like not to ball watch and just concentrate on position. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of them. I think, obviously, you've, you've got to judge the flight of the ball and, and, and watch it as it's in the air, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I think by the... It looked to me, from watching that, you know, he's, he's kind of... Maybe it's a concentration issue there. And he's Before we know it, he's kind of looked up and you can see him trying to adjust himself and yeah, cause he, come he, back he on does, himself. Yeah, yeah. But too late. But then he's rooted and when he when it goes in he's almost like looking down at his... He, I mean he's just given up and he's got no chance for, from where he's positioned himself and I think that especially with cross like that when it travels a long way when it, there's a lot of height on the ball that's when you can do it. Yeah. It's different if someone's flashing a ball across just above head height yeah. then you've got to you know, stick with the ball but when there's a lot of height on a lot of uh, a lot of distance on the ball and you, it gives you a little bit of time to do that. For United's second goal Herrera absolutely wallops yeah. it. Should Vaughan be getting down to that? He goes underneath him, and he looks pissed off afterwards. Yeah, and it's one of those that looks it looks bad. And I think at the time, because of the pace of the ball, when it goes past you, sometimes you think you know, either you couldn't do anything about it or you, the pace has took you by surprise. It does look like he's a little bit unsightly as well. Yeah, it comes uh, it comes through bodies, but it's a hell of a strike, and maybe just it's just one of those where <clears> you. You know, you have to be effective rather than being uh, technically perfect. And if you've, if it means just sticking out a leg, 
Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Th- then, then just get something in the way of the ball. But it's uh, there's, a, there's a lot of pace in the ball. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, sometimes I think you just got to hold your hands up. It's like <laughs> great effort. I know. I keep. Yeah. I yeah. keep. Yeah. I keep. Yeah. But I keep saying that. You know. What I mean, and if if they held hands up, they would have saved it. Yeah. <laughs> but is that alright for a goalkeeper to go look that was a great shot yeah and I, and I think that's even when you look back sometimes you've still got to put yourself back in that position you were because sometimes it's a lot easier from the from the silence or in video and think <clears throat> what you should have done Some it's um, we'll go to talk about David Ospina a little bit later and I think it's it's a perfect example. And we talk, should we talk, we talk about now? Because not much in that game, is there? Or? Oh yeah, do you know? What? Let, let's cover the um, Ospina, the, the, well, well, the punch. This is it's the same sort of situation as the uh, as the Vaughan one in my eyes. So when the ball is is crossed into the box, a lot I've had a lot of people say to me, "Well, you know, most of the time, if you can punch the ball, you can catch it," and that might very well be the case. But the fact is, when you've got a ball coming into you, uh, you, you can't see, you can't use the flight of it as well. Balls come straight on, so you you sort of uh, synth synth synth. Yes. Thuck and <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're keeping this in. Yeah. Great. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Your sense of perception's different. You know, you can't see the ball, so it's it's difficult to judge. You've got two bodies. You've got a defender and mm-hmm. uh, and a striker heading straight for you. So then you know th- that changes everything. So it, in that situation at the time, you're in. You know, you might come and take the ball. If you catch the ball and then they come into you and it's not saying a foul, then, you know, it's a mistake for you. So you earn the side of safety a little bit. And, and let's be honest, Spina gets a great punch on it. It looks, I think, I loved it at the time because it looks great. And I know that the, uh, Arnautovic's goal came from that. But it's still, it's that was more down to the bad defending after that than, uh, than because the punch is the same with Carrius against Spurs a few weeks ago yeah. when Wanyama's just leathered it at the top corner. Yeah. It's the same as that. And I just think it's I think it was very good goalkeeping. But if a ball's coming in, and I guess this is a question for both of you, a ball's coming in and you don't know how fast that ball is coming in, surely you go, look, I know that a punch will get rid of it. I'm not sure how far it'll go, but it'll get rid of it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to take that in my hands with the traffic that I've got around well, me. Well, that's it. There, was, there wasn't a great deal of height on the ball, on the cross. Like I said, you've got two bodies. You've got a, a centre forward throwing throw themselves at the ball. You know, it, it's just I think it's the most effective way of dealing with it then, because and you're not taking any, it's about not taking any chance in that situation. And it's um, once he made his decision, he's got to go. Yeah, you've exactly. Got, you know, you've got to deal with it. So the ball's coming into the box like that. I mean, I'd want my goalkeeper to punch it, yeah. get distance on it, mm-hmm. and then then it's down to whoever it's landing to to deal with it next. As far as I'm concerned, you know. David just said there, the goalkeeper comes and he, he, he comes to catch it and he drops it. Everyone's going to be screaming and shouting. So I think you've just got to come and clear everybody out. Which is an absolutely beautiful segue into the next game. Chelsea 2, Southampton 0. Now, at 0-0, it was at 0-0, wasn't it? Uh, 1-0. It was, it was. at 1-0. <clears throat> I'll edit that. <clears throat> I won't edit that, I can't be honest. At 1-0, <laughs> ball comes in, Caballero takes it. He's deemed to have a foul by Charlie Austin. And the goal is not given. Yeah, it's a it's a simple take, and you know, well, all these situations, you put yourself in that position, <coughs> in that uh, situation as well. And if if you do exactly the same thing that uh, Caballero done, you you'll be disappointing yourself simply because the ball there, it's a bit of a dolly up in the air. There's a bit of height on it, but he's under no danger. Charlie Austin isn't jumping into him. He's not coming in with any sort of pace or. 
uh, where he's sort of he's, he's going to uh, knock them too much. Yeah. He just gives them a little nudge. He jumps up with them. Just doesn't jump at them. Jumps up with them. There's a little bump, and instead of taking the ball at the highest point you can and being confident with it, even punching it like we just said, yeah. he could he could have gotten two fists and just get out of danger. He tried to like sort of like get his hands underneath it so he catches like sort of like in his chest. Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's like I said, there's minimal contact there and he fumbles it and it goes over the line and it should have been a goal. Now, not Graham Paul saying that you're not allowed to touch a goalkeeper when his both feet are off the ground, which, I, I mean, I don't think there is a law. I know there's law in rugby, but I'm not sure. It's it, not it, foul. No, it's not, it's not a foul, foul at all. And from, from a goalkeeping point of view, that you've got to protect yourself. And for me, exactly what you said, I was thinking, like, he should have taken the ball. It's, it's an easy thing to say, but... Highest point, take it as high up as yeah. possible. He's let it drop down, and he's almost tried to scoop it in. Yeah, and you, you're going to cause yourself problems as 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 we as we saw there. And it it doesn't it doesn't even need any sort of um, any nudge because I, I think even just the pressure somebody being round, he didn't look like he was going to catch it clean anyway. And he he's been very lucky. And this is so now we're going to go into the you know, argument about the debate of who's going to play in the final now because I don't think he looked very assured all game. And okay, you're going to get that. He's uh, he's done very well so far when he's came into to League Cup games and FA Cup games, uh, and he's he's done enough for them to, to get where they are. But then you know, Antonio Conte as well. You know, it looks like he's going to be going out at the end of the season. He won't be going out. No, high. Want and you, so well, aren't yeah, he? of course. And I know that sort of Willie Caballero. I I, I like him. I'm not, I, I'm not sure whether you're you're his biggest fan or. I don't mind him, no, but again, yeah. we're going back to that thing. To be fair. Premier League goalkeepers because I'm not really yeah. I don't have much yeah. to do with them. It's it's not really. Yeah. I don't I don't I can tell you all about League One goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah. But so he so, was, was the hero last year, Man City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So did did you go? Well, come to a final, could, could he do it again? Yeah, or two, two years go, ago was yeah. Two years ago, sorry, yeah. Or do you go? Well, I just I'm just going to play Courtois. I I think if he's fit, he'll play Courtois, and especially so as uh, you know, it's, it's Chelsea, Man United, you know as well. It's. It's, it's no small uh, small thing. It's I think he'll, he'll go for Courtois. And, and and I mean these things aren't contractual. Aren't usually contract contractual about you know if he has to play FA Cup games or has to play League Cup no, games. But it's it, just on word, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. Of course, it's a, it's a sort of gentleman's agreement. But uh, it'd be really interesting. I'd be very ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, 
and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Surprise, we play Caballero. Glenn, let's go back to uh, Pro GK gloves. Yes. Um, you brought a few pairs in today. Yeah, I have. Which we've had a little um, nerdy, <laughs> honestly. When, you, when like keepers and the uh, little fat men who want to be keepers get yeah. older gloves, it turns into an absolute nerd fest. Yes. So we've talked about how you got into making them. Yep. I just want to talk about your love of gloves. What were your first pair of golden gloves, if you can remember? Um, they would have been Sondico. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think... Back in the day, everybody had Sondicos. Yeah. You're going to wear now. It's a nice sound and a nice smell. That, do you know what? As we were downstairs, I was giving them a sniff and yeah. up there. See, when, when I first started the you brand... You gave them a sniff up there? Oh. <laughs> down, down there. I used to have them all stored in my flat. Did so, you? So my flat smelled oh my like God. a latex factory. It was, that would it was be the dream. If I <laughs> was single and a lady was like, do you want to come back to mine? And a... And her, and her flat smell like goalie gloves. I would run out to the nearest Beaver Brooks and get an engagement ring. <laughs> that would be it for me. Um, what was your so it must so Sondi Co was yeah, your the, that was the the, the, the first go-to. pair if if you like and um, what was your favourite pair of gloves of all time? Oh, good question. Oh, I don't know whether I should say this or not. So, a couple of little things. So, I used to buy Sondi Co gloves yeah. growing up, and what we used to do, we used to go into sports and soccer. Yeah, and upstairs, this was the one in Basildon. So I'm, I'm in, incriminating myself here. So I better be careful. Um, we used to try the gloves on. Yeah, and you'd see the price; they were fifty quid I or think whatever. I know where you're going with this. And then you'd change the packaging over and put them in like the ten pound one. I've done that before as well. And then you go to the till and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, just these, please." And that was the way that I used to get around it because at the time, again, the price of gloves were not. You know, yeah. affordable, really. Oh, man, um, I wish I'd done that. I've never have you not done it? Oh, I, used to, I, I, I didn't say I used to do it a lot. I might have done it once or twice. I apologise um, <laughs> for, for that. Um, that store since closed down. Yeah, um, because of you, mate. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, so the Sondico gloves. I remember seeing Kevin Pressman wear a pair yeah. of them. And I think they were a black pair and they were gorgeous. And I saw them in there and I've got to have them. Um, the Cell Sport Wrapper. Yes, was always always a nice yeah. glove, and then um, the Cells Edition glove, Cells Edition wrap, the first one that they did. Somehow, I got about ten pairs off of eBay once, and they were for the pros, so there was no, there was a different strap. Yeah, and I remember thinking, yeah, these are brilliant, and and to be honest, that's kind of what I've always based the pro GKs on. Well, that's what I was going to say to you. Like, do you yeah. obviously we've talked about talk about inspiration in you know the goalkeeper world but mm. as a, someone who owns a glove company is yeah. that where the inspiration came from i think as a, a starting point yeah um you know they're, they're market leaders what was your first so the first pro gk glove mm. roll finger negative cut yeah it's a roll roll yeah it was a, a, a roll and again based on a, a sales or sales ball glove Really? Yeah. So, so, so what these? What's what? Which models are these? Well, I'll, I'll put these up on there. Yeah, we'll put them up on. So the, this online is um, the just to give you a little bit of insight. So the Revolution range has been in since two thousand and seven. Yeah. When, when I started the brand, um, and it's kind of progressed and progressed and progressed, and I think this is probably the fifth or sixth version of it now. Oh, right, okay. Um, the previous range has been around for about four years. See, 
this is my problem with boots and gloves. This is why I only ever wear copers. Because you know with copers you know or converted copers, you're going to get that every year. Um, you find a glove. If you like it, You like it, it, and then they change it, and you can't get it anymore. Yeah. You know, um, Stuart That's Nelson point, yeah. at Jules at the start of the year, he used to say to me, like, his, his night gloves, he couldn't get them anymore. Yeah. So I think he, he went to um, Pro Direct and he bought a boatload <laughs> of them because <laughs> they were, you know, changing them over. Um, so the previous range I kept there for four years. Because really? people liked it, and I just yeah, thought, but that's you know, the thing. If they work, and also as well with 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 goalie gloves, I think that the technology doesn't change that quick no. to warrant the amount of changes that goalie I gloves think, make. And to be honest, there is some improvement that that agreed, but you've got to think that they're, they're trying to bring something new, try and be innovative to sell gloves. Yeah, basically that's it. Like you know, and it's and it, it is a very very difficult market now. Yeah. So when I first started, as I said, two thousand and seven. There wasn't many small brands around. Um, and I told you the trials and tribulations of actually finding a factory. Yeah. And then you get to the point now where there's every Tom, Dick and Harry that's got a glove brand. You know, I think in Southend alone, where I live, there's probably four glove brands. Really? Which is mental. Yeah. Um, it is to be fair. Yeah, and they all wore my gloves originally. Saw, oh, I'll have some of that. And there you go. Yeah. Um, you know. We are what we are, yeah. and you know I kind of think that um, I realise that we're never gonna kind of get anywhere near the big boys. I, I first realised that when Stocky was in the gloves and Umbro come in, because there's no way I could have competed with what they were offering him. I could have given him some Tesco vouchers and a few pairs of gloves. Yeah. You know that was as far as I could have got it. Um, but yeah, so this 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 new glove is kind of I wanted to freshen things up. After four or five years, I felt that it just needed a little bit of freshening up. Um, so this is the, the Revolution Tector range. Um, at the moment, there's only three models. And the reason I've done that is really because in the previous range, in the US, where we're quite big, we had 10 models. Right. And in the UK, we had eight models. So obviously a small brand, I'm a one-man band. Yeah. To keep every single glove in stock in every single size was logistically <laughs> a nightmare. So I just decided that we're going to streamline it kind of go back to basics with what we're going to offer but what we're going to make sure is that the gloves that we've got at the moment are quality um, he's, and a go- he's the Gordon Ramsay of goalkeeping gloves that's all he does when he goes in restaurants isn't it cuts a menu back makes it yeah. quality yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that yeah. okay. so how would you talks about goalies wearing gloves how, how do you go about getting goalkeepers to wear them well uh, that's a very interesting question I've said this a lot recently on the social media I kind of go for quality as opposed to quantity. Yeah. Because goalkeepers, with the greatest of respect, they will generally wear whatever they can get for free. Of course, yeah. Especially the pros. Yeah. There's one or two that won't, and they pay for their own gloves, but that's very few and far between. You know, I, I must get probably 20 to 30 emails per week from all around the world asking for sponsorship at all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm generally quite that's pleased. That's interesting. I didn't realise that. It's a bizarre Is world. It? Very strange world. So now, look, can you send me your gloves? Yeah. I'm an up-and-coming yeah. goalkeeper from, you know, Dallas or whatever. It's, it's funny, you know, because whenever I played, I always felt, I mean, I didn't really have a, an agent for most of my career. I just did most of my deals myself. But I always, I should have had one to do that because I always felt like I didn't want to go begging for gloves. No. Yeah. So half the time I did end up just sort of getting my own. Buying or, your own. Yeah. Or, I think what generally happens is it kind of, it's a, it's a little bit of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So the, the people that I've got in the gloves now are quality people. 
Yeah. And who I'm, you know, over time you become friends with them yeah. as well because you have that relationship. And because of my goalkeeper coaching as well, they might call me up and say, look, Jono, what do you think about this? Mm. Could you have a look at that? So it's kind of a multifaceted yeah. situation. And sometimes I know other goalkeeper coaches, so you're then able to almost act like an agent for them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've placed various goalkeepers in the past. So from a glove brand point of view, it's fantastic um, because they're at a club rather yeah. than not at a club. And if I can help, then it's always good. There's a few things I like about this glove. One of them, it's like a hybrid yep. uh, with a sort of, with a two roll thing on the outside and there are two negative cut in the middle. I like that. Yeah. I love an aqua, uh, aqua palm as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love an aqua palm. Why? Uh, well, just because my favourite clothes were, were rouge aqua. Really? When I was playing, yeah, for me, I got to say the same. So I, I had about ten pairs made up for myself this year, and I have the same model as everybody else, but I stick the Aqua Latex on it. So really? it's like an SMU, because for me, the the Aqua Latex is very very good. And you've got what's that, what's the bit on the on the it's on the on the on the what, knuckles? Well, I would say, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say that that's a punching zone. That is correct. That's is that what you call zone. it? Yeah, yeah, it's the punch zone. So um, that and whether it works or not, it, this makes <laughs> me feel like I can punch the ball. Yeah, miles. so you yeah. got a bloody gorgeous. It does. It zone. does look nice. So, so we've we've it's like been a see-through. Testing, Again, we'll put it online, but it's like a see-through gel. Exactly that. We've been testing this glove now for probably three months. Really, and I I like it when other glove brands say, "Oh, we've done all this testing," and I think, "Have you?" Yeah. But I'll be honest, we have because. The first two uh, samples that come through didn't really work. One of them looked like a table tennis bat had been stuck on stuck yeah. on there. The second one, we was a little bit like I'm in an iron about, and it just wasn't quite what I wanted. So I thought well, it's been four years, <laughs> so another few months isn't going to make. Well, any well that's difference. how the, the predator started off, wasn't it? That's I think it was table tennis sort of material yeah, that yeah. Craig Johnson put on the boot to try and get the swerve mm. in that yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you've got to go through that development, haven't you? But I like Test. that, though, the fact that you're not just chopping and changing every few months or a year. Go, look, if, if you like it, if it works... That's exactly it. You know, because you, we, obviously we see a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of the Climacool um, gloves coming out at the moment, which are quite trendy. I don't, you know, often I've been wearing gloves and going, oh, my hands are warm, mm. but not not all the time. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's, like, the new like Predator range of, mm. uh, of gloves. The Venom as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the... the Almost like the kind of uh, smoking glove ones, where they, <laughs> they come up to your bloody elbow. Yeah. So there's, all, there's, all, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gloves out there. But I don't think that the technology is evolving to the point where you need to make all these changes yet. Well, I kind of think I've seen these these new ones that they're they're bringing out, and because of the, the financial clout of these big brands, yeah, that is probably the way that goalkeeping gloves is going to go whether we like it or not. We, and I, I kind of think it's a little bit unfortunate because it's almost to a point like a dictatorship. Like, this is what we're going to produce mm. now and that's what you're going to have. Yeah. Well, like the, um, the, the, the prototypes you've seen uh, we've seen the last couple of weeks from, from Nike, the, um, uh, the ones that obviously Joe and um, Jordan Pickford will be wearing. Uh, is Jack Butler Nike as well? I think he is, yeah. But and I know they will have tried them all the way through the season as well. But I'm 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 sure they aren't uh, wear them in the games yet, and that's what I'd have a massive problem with that because if I'm, uh, it's something about being superstitious. But if I'm go if I'm going to a tournament like that, it's it, you know there's a lot of pressure, and you're asking you know you asking me to to change my gloves, and it it, it does make a hell of a difference. Gloves I think. are a massive thing. For a goalkeeper, God feel comfortable, you know? and, and mm. even from a, a psychological standpoint, I remember a few years ago, and I'm almost hesitant to say this, but it, it is quite a funny story. So Ashley Bay's 
was um, playing at Crawley at yep. the time. And I sent some gloves to him, and he gets them. He says, oh, John, listen, they're, they're, they're not quite, I think they're a little bit too big. I'm like, okay, fair enough, send them back. And I, Bezos like the most um, anal guy about gloves. Like everything's got to be right. It texts me, and it's brilliant because it keeps you on your toes. Like yeah. they, they have to be right. But even to the point of like the straps, if the straps were like half a centimeter too long, it'd have to cut them down and do all this other stuff. So we got there with him eventually. But he said, "Oh, they're too big." Now me and him are the same size, a nine and a half. So I've tried them on, and, and I'm thinking, these are these are fine." So all I've done, I've swapped the packaging over, sent them back. Same glove. Oh, yeah, John, they're, they're, <laughs> they're fantastic. Does he, does he know you've done this? Um, he probably well, he does, does now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, Basil. Uh, is it, <clears throat> I presume it's, it's obviously a business, but um, mm. it's a passion as well. Yeah, I, I love goalkeeping gloves. And I'll be honest, there's, there's been times when it, it is tough because, you know, we're not in any um, of the big outlets. Yeah. Everything's independent. Everything is sold through our website. Um, we've got a US distribution and a UK distribution. So there's a, a company in Southend that deals with the orders. Because of my job with Gillingham, yeah. it's very difficult course, to be doing yeah. both. You know, and, and I'm travelling from Gillingham to Southend, uh, sorry, Southend to Gillingham three or four times a week. Yeah. So if any orders come in during the day, by the time I get home, I can't ship them out. So there's a company that does all the, the glove ID. Good, good guys. They they ship all our orders, and then the same in in the US. There's a company called Elite Tournaments, yeah. um, and they're a tournament provider, based in Maryland, in Baltimore, where I used to live. Um, the Livers, they're great, great guys. They take care of all all the orders. They ship yeah. everything out for us. So when you go on the website, it's it's a bit weird. There's like a US shop and a UK shop. That's great, um, though. But it just means that US customers don't have to wait three years for their glove to <laughs> arrive from from the UK. I can't remember where what the question was. Oh no, just it's like it's still a, a passion. Oh yeah, so I mean? yeah, absolute passion. So I'm in this position at the moment where I can kind of combine gloves and goalkeeper coaching. Yeah, and it's brilliant. Well, you are independent. Um, we we've been raving about them. Um, if anyone wants to have a go, highly recommend. We we know we're just doing it because. They're bloody good gloves, aren't they? Yeah, They're nice gloves. I'm, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to having a try them. Head to uh, pro-gk.com. We'll be tweeting about it. We'll also be giving away a pair of gloves as well, Yeah. Um, if that's all right. Yeah, and if I can just say, we're launching a new website and the new range launches early May. So, Perfect. Great time, man. What better time? So uh, head to uh, pro-gk.com. Uh, but could we, we do have American listeners. Yeah. They let us know, so, I mean... We do have a lot of American listeners, actually, yeah. yeah. It's weird, it's isn't it? Yeah, well, we've got brilliant. worldwide listeners. It's brilliant. It's not just people in Grimsby and Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's now Southend and Gillingham. Yes. Now. Uh, we are going to give away a copy of Glove Story, so um, I am going to be giving away... I'm going to... Usually I say, tell me when to stop, but I actually picked this out the other day and I was going through. Uh, a lad uh, said... Um, um, it's... Uh, the title was Helping Depression. Okay. I thought that was lovely. Uh, guys, what can I say? Thank you so much. Uh, you guys have got me through a stage of depression. I injured my ACL on football and I had depression as I can't play. Uh, but you guys have put a smile on my face uh, and uh, made me feel so much better. He's a mad goalkeeper globe fan. Uh, I love this podcast, which is absolutely lovely. So uh, 
if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, give us a shout out, and um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll send you over a, sign, a signed copy of the book. Um, you're in for a chance of winning a signed copy, or, or just a just a normal copy if you don't want us to tarnish it. Uh, all you need to do is leave us a nice four or five star review on iTunes, and that is bribery. We'll be back next week. Anything else to mention, David? Just the answer to the question. Oh Jesus, Jesus, Manimos Mayos. The answer to the question of who is what. Which <laughs> which goalkeeper saved a penalty with his first touch in the professional game? It was ex-Watford, England and Man City goalkeeper, Tony Coton. Tony Coton. For Birmingham. For Birmingham. Yeah. Against oh, another team. Oh, do, you know, do you know who it was? It was Sunderland. Was it Sunderland? Yeah, it was Sunderland, yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was, right. And oh, it, you can't be doing that, like... Conceded a penalty after something like 47 seconds or something like that. That must be some kind of record as well. So the lad got sent off. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. no, no. He, yeah, he the... didn't concede. It was like a defender conceded the, the penalty and he got saved it. it. He saved it. Diamond was right. Uh, Tony Corton. You're, yeah. you're not going to see him anytime soon, are you? I'm going to have an interview tomorrow. Oh, as enough. if, mate. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. we've rehearsed it, this podcast. It, and you know what? And th- that story, among others, is, <laughs> it, it, is in uh, There to be Shot At, an autobiography by Tony Corton. Would you like an adapter for that plug? Well, do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm not doing myself a favour here. But, no, no, absolutely. But what I'll do is Go on. I'll, uh, I'll get this copy signed by Tony. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, and then we can give this one away as well. Yes, it's perfect. a great read as well. Read. I mean, we are giving away so much stuff, and we make no money. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Um, but a huge uh, thank you to Glenn Glenn no, Johnson for coming for on. Uh, again, I will keep uh, pl- plugging the website. It's uh, pro-gk.com. If you're interested in the gloves, we've had a look at them. We'll be giving away a pair. They're absolutely brilliant. Uh, thank you for coming along. Uh, all the best for you and for Gillingham this season. Thank you. Um, pre-seat, you happy? Uh, I am very happy. Yeah, I just want to wish Gillingham uh, all the best for the next uh, next two games, and uh, hope it goes well. And also, uh, you'd like to wish uh, Grimsby all the very best for the next game as well against Notts County, where we if we win, can it still go down? If yeah, I mean yeah, we just need to basically win on Saturday against Notts County, who are in uh, you know playoffs and that. Yes, but we beat Swindon, so you know it over to the fat lady sings, and another joke about my mum. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening you've all been absolutely lovely uh, goodbye from Glenn goodbye goodbye from David Priest goodbye and goodbye from me Lloyd thank you a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.